0: Hello, friends. My name is Bob Kroll. Hey, I've got a question for you. Are you living with all your heart? Because that's the best way to live. And if you're not, well, this is where you need to be because this is With All Your Heart podcast. I'm happy that you've joined us here. We talk about things like marriage and family and masculinity, what it means to be a man, what it means to be a dad. A lot of you guys out there, you're going to be dad someday if you are not already. And so we are going to talk about some awesome things today. All from a Catholic perspective, because I love being Catholic, and I hope you do too. And we want to live with all our hearts. The the heart that God's given us, we want to live with all of that heart. Today is September 22nd. It's a Tuesday, 2020. And we are going to begin with the prayer that Jesus taught us. Of course, the Our Father. So let's begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. St. Joseph, protector of the Catholic Church, pray for us. In the name of the Father and of the Son, of the Holy Spirit. Amen. This is part two on Priority One Knowing, Loving, and Serving God. Priority One is getting to heaven. That is the number one priority in our lives. If we don't get to heaven, nothing else matters. We have completely failed. So let's not fail. Failure is not an option. Heaven is what awaits us. Heaven is why we were created. God created us to spend eternity with him, to share in his divine life, to be happy with him forever. And the way we live our lives determines where we spend eternity in our lives here on earth. Did we choose God? Did we choose something else? If you choose God, you get to spend eternity with God. If you didn't choose God, you get to spend it in a place called hell. That's not where you want to be. I can assure you that. So let's live with all our hearts so we can become saints and live forever in heaven. So in part one of this three-part series, we talked about getting to know God, And we get to know God through his one holy Catholic and apostolic church, the church that Jesus founded upon St. Peter the Apostle. Peter, you are rock, and upon this rock, I will build my church. Part two now, we're going to speak about loving God. Knowing, loving, serving God. Let's talk about loving God. First of all, what is love? Well, I love fall in Wisconsin. I love chocolate chip cookies. I love jet skiing. I love going really fast on a four-wheeler or a snowmobile. I love Wendy's hamburgers. I love a campfire. I love 80s pop music. Now, I say I love those things, but it's really more like I really, really like those things. So what is love as it relates to our Catholic faith? In the Gospel of John, we read, No one has greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. Do you know the story of St. Maximilian Kolbe? He was a Catholic priest. He lived in Poland during World War II. He was arrested by the Germans and sent to the Auschwitz death camp. This was in May of 1941. What happened was that a prisoner escaped in late July of that year. And so what the Germans did is they took 10 men from his barracks and they were picked to suffer death by starvation and dehydration as a punishment for the prisoner who had escaped. One of the 10 was a man next to Father Colby, and he fell to the ground and he began to beg the soldier to spare his life because he had a wife and children. They were still alive, and he wanted to see them again. So Father Colby marched up to the general in charge, and he looked him right in the eyes and said that he will take the place of this man. So Father Colby and the other nine were put in a small room. They had no light, they had no food, they had no water, and they slowly starved to death. Father Colby could be heard praying with the others, um, giving them hope, singing hymns with them. After three weeks, there were only four prisoners alive, Father Colby and three others. And it was August 14th, the day before the assumption of the Blessed Virgin Mary, that Father Colby and the three prisoners, they were injected with carbolic acid by the prison guards, which killed them. In 1982, Pope John Paul II canonized Father Maximilian Kolbe, and the man whose life Father Kolbe saved was there at the canonization along with his wife, children, and grandchildren. Now that's love. When you give up your life for someone else, that's love. Now that's the ultimate in love, to to actually physically die for someone. And soldiers have done it for centuries for their country, for the love of the people that they are protecting. But to love someone else doesn't mean we necessarily have to physically die for them. We can actually love someone by dying a little bit to ourselves every day. By that I mean we say no to ourselves and we say yes to someone else. We say no to something that we would like to do, or would rather do, and instead, we offer up some of our time, some of our, some of our comfort, something that we have that we give to someone else. That's an act of love. My wife doesn't like to load the dishwasher. I don't care to that much either, but I'll go out of my way to do that for her. She doesn't like to put gas in, the, in her car, especially during the winter months. So I go out of my way to do that for her. In a way, that's me dying to myself a little bit, and that's an act of love towards her. Doing this podcast is an act of love. I give up some of my evenings after working a full-time job during the week, or sometimes even on the weekends to do the podcast and do the editing for it. It takes a a lot of work and time to do so. So when you give your time, when you give your effort, when you sacrifice yourself for another person, you're dying to yourself. Another way to put it is that you are killing your selfishness. Your love of yourself is not as important as the love of another person. Selfishness leads to sadness. And when we give ourselves away to other people, that brings us more joy. Doesn't seem like it would be that way, but it actually works that way. And of course, the ultimate in love is Jesus' sacrifice for us on the cross. God the Father loved us so much that he gave up his son Jesus. He gave Jesus to us so that heaven could be opened up once again, so we could spend eternity in heaven with the Blessed Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So, to help us understand a little better about the love that Jesus had for us, I think we need to have a better understanding of what a crucifixion is. Jesus was crucified, he did not have his head cut off and was immediately dead. No, he suffered tremendously for several hours before he actually died. I think God wanted us to understand the depth of his love for us by suffering so intensely for us. So I'm going to describe what Jesus went through before the crucifixion and during the crucifixion, before his death. This will give us a greater appreciation, a better understanding of the depth of love that God the Father that Jesus, his son, has for us. After the Last Supper with his apostles, Jesus went out in the Garden of Gethsemane. And there he fell to the ground and prayed to his father. And as he contemplated the sins of the world, the past sins, the future sins, he began to sweat blood. This is a condition called hematidrosis. It's a medical condition where a person sweats blood due to high emotional state or incredible agony or mental anguish. What happens is that the capillaries, the blood capillaries under the skin burst. It's like when, a person, when, when you get a bruise, uh, you know, you bump something and you get a black and blue mark, well, that's capillaries bursting. And this is what happened to Jesus from head to toe, these capillaries bursting. And it made his skin much more sensitive to pain, which would be a factor uh, in the next several hours as he was scourged and beaten by by the soldiers. I read of a story of a woman in Ohio. Her husband and children were backing out of the driveway, and they were hit by, I don't know if it was a semi-truck or some, some vehicle smashed into them, killing them instantly. And her anguish was so great that she sweat blood to what Jesus went through due to his agony and anguish over the sins of the world. Jesus was arrested in the middle of the night. He was brought before the high priest and the Sanhedrin. A soldier struck him in the face, and then he was locked up for a while before the morning came. He was brought before Pilate. Pilate had him scourged. Now, what is scourging? If you've seen The Passion of the Christ, you understand a little bit about what scourging is. The soldiers would tie you to a post, strip you of your clothes, and then they would take these whips that consisted of heavy leather thongs which had attached to them balls of lead or sharp bones or sharp pieces of metal on the ends of these, of these uh, leather thongs, these straps. And then the soldiers would strike Jesus time and time and time again with this scourging device. Blessed Anne Catherine Emmerich lived in the 19th century, in the 1800s, and she had a vision where she saw six soldiers, two at a time, scourged Jesus. And the scourging lasted for 45 minutes. And these soldiers were exhausted because of the energy spent on scourging Jesus, ripping his skin off ripping his flesh off, ripping him down to the muscle and bone in some situations, tearing him apart from head to toe. The soldiers then crowned him with thorns. These thorns were like two to four inches long, and it was more like a cap that was pressed down upon Jesus's scalp. And if you take your fingernail and just dig into your skin on your head a little bit, ouch, that hurts. And imagine having Dozens and dozens of these poking you in the head. And then the soldiers took a, took a reed, a stick, and started smacking him on the head to drive them even deeper and more painfully into Jesus' head. But the worst was yet to come. Jesus was given his cross, and he carried it up the hill of Golgotha, where he was nailed to pieces of wood. A huge spike through his hands, A spike through his feet. When I was a kid, growing up on the farm, sometimes I'd run around barefoot. There were occasionally boards laying around the the yard, and once in a while I'd step on a nail, a rusty nail. Oh, did that hurt. And that just pierced the skin and maybe hit my bone, the bottom of my foot bone. But wow, that hurt. And it hurt for several days after I would limp for a few days. Uh, Infections would come, but wow, that was painful. And that was nothing compared to what Jesus went through. These huge spikes going through his hands. and his— Imagine the incredible pain. I mean, poke yourself with a safety pin for crying out loud, and that's painful. And that's just a tiny pin. Can you imagine the pain that Jesus went through? And this was a form of capital punishment that the Romans used. And they usually stripped the person so that they were also in mental anguish, and emotional distress because of their nakedness in front of a bunch of people. So they shamed them in this way. So Jesus was probably naked. We don't see him naked on the cross. He's usually covered up, but he was probably naked as well. And Jesus hung there on the cross for several hours, barely being able to breathe, and he would have to pull himself up with his hands to to get a gasp of air in. It was just a natural reaction that your body gasps for air and the pain that it would cause as he pulled himself up and pushed himself up with his feet, pulled himself up with his hands. I'm sure he was incredibly thirsty. He was probably extremely hungry because he had not eaten since the night before. And as he hung on the cross, there was his mother. One of the greatest pains of all was seeing her suffer as she watched her innocent son die. There was the mocking of the people, the mocking of the soldiers, the mocking of the leaders, the Jewish leaders. And there was this incredible sorrow that Jesus had for those who would ultimately reject his gift of his life on the cross. He gave all of himself to every single person who would ever live. And some of those would reject this most wonderful gift. How much pain this would have brought Our Savior. Then Jesus said, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit, and he died. I like to watch The Passion of the Christ, the movie that Mel Gibson made several years ago during Lent. So I'm reminded on a yearly basis of what Jesus did for me and what he did for all of us. This incredible love he has for us displayed through his passion, his suffering, his death on the cross. You know, it's a great benefit when we contemplate when we look at a when we look at the cross when we see Jesus hanging there on the crucifix we should take time to just contemplate what that meant for us that love that that is a picture of love right there when you look at a crucifix there is no greater love than what you're seeing right there there's no better way to describe love than seeing Jesus hang there for you saint bonaventure said this about Jesus on the cross He who desires to go on advancing from virtue to virtue, from grace to grace, should meditate continually on the passion of Jesus. There is no practice more profitable for the entire sanctification of the soul than the frequent meditation on the sufferings of Jesus Christ. You know, Jesus could have died a much less painful death, a much simpler death, but from all eternity he chose to die through a crucifixion. I don't think there's any worse way to die than being nailed to a cross. And that's the death that Jesus chose because he loves us so much. Knowing what you know now, if you've never heard this before, about Jesus's detailed passion, passion meaning his deep love and suffering for us, now that you understand it better, is it not easier to love Jesus, to love his Father who gave his son to us the more we get to know god the more we love god the more we should love god because you understand how much he loves you the more you uh, the more you get to know him jesus you love us so much when i went to the movie theater to see the passion of the christ i knew it was going to be powerful because i saw the trailers my wife and i went to see it and at the end of the movie when the credits were rolling I burst out crying and sobbing right there in the theater. I've had to put my, I had to bury my face in my wife's shoulder, just overwhelmed with sorrow for my sins that put Jesus on the cross. and intense recognition and realization of the depth, of the love Jesus has. Before the passion of Christ, I didn't fully understand what Jesus had gone through. But after seeing that, I fell in love with him more than ever before because I've realized how much the depth of his love was for me. Jesus, every time I sin, I place more pain upon you as you hung on that cross. I'm so sorry I've hurt you. Please forgive me. Please help me to love like you loved, to give up my life for others, for my family, and for those beyond my family, even for my enemies. Help me to love like you love me my friends let's turn away from our selfishness let's kill our selfishness let's die to ourselves let's give ourselves away to others and love with all of our hearts love god with all of our hearts love one another with all of our hearts. remember we are made for greatness not for comfort we are made for heaven we are made to be selfless and to love like jesus loved May God bless you and all your loved ones. I'll see you next time for part three of priority number one.